Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Interesting story in techdirt.com someone sent in to me. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting question. Um, in some sports, some games, you know, like basketball, for instance, you can foul somebody on purpose. And the other side gets to shoot some free throws. And that's just considered part of the game. Now, there's other games where if you intentionally break the rule, you get in worse trouble. And so a lot of times I think people think that the issues with how you play games and those rules will transfer into other settings. And the question is, will they transfer into the setting of a courtroom? I don't think so. But we'll see what happens here. TechDirt wrote the story. Tim Cushing actually wrote it. TechDirt published it. Shot spotter. Shot spotter asks courts to hold it in contempt rather than to turn over information to a defense lawyer. So Shot Spotter is a company, we'll talk about in a second what they do, but they're in court and the court is suggesting they're going to order them to do something. And Shot Spotter is saying, well, we don't want to do it. How about just holding us in contempt? We'll, 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 we'll let you shoot the free throws. How's that? And, uh, you know, a courtroom is not the same as a basketball court. So ShotSpotter, which is an analytic company that is said to track where shots are fired and cities install this equipment to do this, uh, is once again endearing itself to the public by doing things that seem, well, sketchy. That's what Tim Cushing calls it. On Friday, an attorney representing ShotSpotter made the unusual request that a judge in a criminal case hold the company in contempt of court to prevent the company from being compelled to release documents about how it assesses alerts. And here's the thing. Somebody's on trial. They have an attorney defending them. The defense attorney has subpoenaed this company, said we need some documents and information from you guys. And if the subpoena is good, they need to comply with it. And I've mentioned before that if you don't comply with the subpoena, you run afoul of the court. And this company is basically saying, we don't want to honor the subpoena. Can't you just hold us in contempt instead? And the interesting thing is the contempt powers of courts are quite broad. So imagine if every time you intentionally fouled somebody in basketball, they had the choice of, oh, I don't know, two free throws or just winning the game. <laughs> You'd see those intentional fouls disappear very quickly. And keep in mind that the judge could say, okay, I'm going to hold someone in contempt. Attorney, is that going to be you who's going to jail or the company's CEO? I'll give you five minutes to let me know. And five minutes and one second later, they'd be back in court saying, Your Honor, here are, here are the documents. The request is unusual in the sense that it does not happen often. And um, it's interesting because he points out it's not unusual in terms of the judicial process because people get held in contempt all the time. The company has no way to directly challenge the discovery request. Asking to be held in contempt gives it an avenue to challenge the request by challenging the contempt order. So generally speaking, a judge can't just hold you in contempt and lock you up forever and say, well, that's my ruling. Due process requires that you get a hearing and an opportunity to be heard on charges like that. But it would be a contempt hearing. Mr. Cushing is pointing out in the article, that uh, quite rightly, they would have the right to defend their actions at that hearing, but they don't have quite the same opportunity to defend their actions simply when they defy the subpoena. So he points out it's very circuitous, but that's why you really want to hire a lawyer if you find yourself interacting with the criminal justice system or the U.S. legal system in general. And the reason it doesn't happen often is because normally discovery requests in criminal trials 
target information held by law enforcement agencies and prosecutors. And here, ShotSpotter is an independent company that does contract with cities, but the subpoena has not been served on the city. It's been served on ShotSpotter. Now, it's bound to become less unusual as law enforcement agencies place greater reliance on private companies to do their investigative or analytic work for them. That means more private contracts will be inserting themselves into court cases solely for the purposes of denying defendants access to information that's being paid for with public funds. And a lot of times they're going to claim it's proprietary. I was speaking to somebody recently about school security and some things they're doing uh, with respect to school security, and in particular, systems involving safety. And there are companies out there that approach school systems and go, we have a system that we can install that will make this school safer. And if you hire them to do that, you pay them, they come and they install it and they run it. And so if it ever got the point where somebody wanted information about how that system is being run in the school, well, a lot of that's being held by a private company that's been contracted to do that for the school. So that's what appears to be happening here. A man arrested and charged with driving under the influence was stopped, apparently, by officers because he happened to be near a report made by Chicago's shot spotter system. If so, then it provides an opportunity to challenge the stop since it doesn't appear that the crime charged, drunk driving, has anything to do with the reported gunshot. And it's a well-known fact that police have been instructed to view anyone near the area of reported gunshot as innately suspicious. It's also a known fact that the company will sometimes alter reports at the request of police officers. And apparently that's happened, uh, the allegations that it's happened where they've done that. So what the defense is seeking here is anything it calls shot spotters analysis uh, and reports into question. Uh, there were eight police officers from Chicago who responded to an alert. Two of those officers arrested the defendant a few blocks away from where the shot allegedly occurred. Now, the defense's request included shot spotter analysis and the qualifications of those analysts who did this and the training materials. Also, any instances in which the company's analysis reclassified alerts or the Chicago police asked them to do so, and the method analysts used to reclassify alerts. The defense also requested ShotSpotter produce any data on sensors misidentifying gunfire or the location of alerts, as well as data on uh, gunfire they failed to identify. And the interesting thing about all of that stuff is when you hear that, you go, wow, I think the public should know this. And you ask yourself, who else would request this information and be able to say that I have a compelling need for it? I'm not just curious. I'm not just filing a request for the fun of it. I actually have a need for this. And the guy who's got the need for it is the guy who was arrested on something else because they claim he was near, near where this thing alerted. And the question is, how accurate are those alerts? And that sounds like a really good question. And so if I was on trial and my attorney had subpoenaed those documents properly, and they refused to turn them over and said, eh, we'll just take the contempt charge on that. Well, you got a problem if you're the defendant in that case, because it means you're not getting a fair trial. So it's not just them taking the contempt charge and going, yeah, we'll give you the free throws. Um, this guy can make a very good argument that his defense is hamstrung by the fact that a primary part of the story won't cooperate.
It's tough to say what the judge will find admissible, but this company's past history suggests it is willing in some cases to alter reports to justify arrests that have already occurred. If the PD contacted the company after the arrest to get a report altered, obviously it would show that officers had no reasonable suspicion to stop the man. And that's a good question. And if they didn't do it, they should say, here's the documents to prove we didn't do it. And if the documents make the company look good, they'd be running to the courthouse with them saying, look, this stuff makes us look good. For whatever reason, the adage tossed at us by authorities that cops and developers of pervasive surveillance tech, nothing to hide, nothing to fear, never seems to apply to the people delivering the phrase. The company could turn over those records, ask a judge to determine whether any of it can be legitimately redacted, and let the whole thing play out that way. And by the way, that happens all the time where someone says, I've got sensitive information here, Your Honor. I'm worried if I give it to them, they're going to disseminate it, hand it out, give it away, or use it in some bad way. I don't want that to happen. And a judge can say, okay, show it to me. And I will make the decision after seeing it, how much of it we're going to turn over to them. And it might be we turn over none of it. Might be we turn over all of it. Might be we turn over some of it and redact that which we do not want to turn over. And it's not uncommon in complex cases where the judge will assign somebody and say, this person is now in charge of going through these documents because they're so voluminous. And the person's going to go through and make those challenges. And then they're going to come back in and, and do this. And they can do that without showing the documents to either side, assuming that this is the third party we're talking about. So there's ways around this. And the fact that they're saying, we'd rather just not turn it over at all. Can you please hold us in contempt instead? <laughs> it's stories like this that make me wish I was a judge. And I told you I don't want to be a judge. So instead, the company's asked to be held in contempt of court, a strategic move that plays within the confines of the legal system while simultaneously making it clear the company will do whatever it can to keep information about its activities from making its way into the hands of the people who are actually paying for the services, which, of course, is the general public, i.e. taxpayers, including those who have been arrested with the apparent assistance of tech they're not being allowed to examine in court or cross-examine in court, would be like my way of looking at that. But that's an interesting point. So the real question is, so the guy's been arrested, and the police admit, yeah, we were called to the area because of an alert that came through the system. When we got there, we found this guy. We wind up arresting this guy on something unrelated to the alert. So the real question is, how valid was that alert? And that seems like a great question. And so for the company to say, well, we'd rather not give you the information. Just hold us in contempt. And of course, like I said, the contempt powers are broad. They'll get a hearing on it. But I would be tempted if I was the judge. I'd say, well, you guys understand something here. Without your information, this guy's going to walk. We, 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 can't, we, we can't try the guy if you won't respond to a subpoena. And a defense attorney is going to stand up and scream about this and say, we've got this huge defense that we can't use because this person's not honoring a subpoena. It's company. So that means that this criminal trial goes away. And we've spent time on this already. Police made an arrest. Prosecutors prepared a case. Defense prepared their case. And so there's been a lot of resources that have been wasted here. So if you're simply telling me you're not going to turn this stuff over regardless, 
Okay, this guy walks, but now you've got a problem. And like I said, I'd say someone's going to jail. And we'll have a hearing to see, number one, make sure that's correct. But number two, how long for? I wouldn't say how long it's going to be for. Because I've heard of people who are thrown in jail on contempt charges and told, we'll let you out when you turn over what you're refusing to turn over. Judge can do that too. Judge can say, do these records exist? If so, oh, okay. You won't turn them over? Okay. We're going to put you in jail. And uh, anytime you want to use the phone to make a phone call, we'll let you. And as soon as you turn the stuff over, we'll let you out. How's that sound? And if they say we're never turning it over, we'd still take the contempt. Go, okay, um, I'm going to give you a little while here to identify the person who's going to go to jail if you lose that hearing. Just, just, just so we put a face to it. <laughs> One of the things that so many people comment on, and I agree with you wholeheartedly on, is whenever a big, big, huge corporation does something wrong, be it a bank or an auto company, or something where somebody does something just wrong. They, 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 they absconded with money. And then they agree to pay a fine. And the fines are almost never quite what they took off with. But let's, let's assume they paid a big fine. People always go, but no one went to jail. If I stole $7.9 million, I'd go to jail. If I stole $3.6 million, I'd go to jail. And yet no one... and it, there's not even talk of it. They don't even mention it. It's, it's literally, oh, they paid a fine. They're all done now. No one went to jail. No one went to jail. And so I think a lot of corporations work that way where they think, well, there's a big p- group of people who work here. It's like a herd. It's herd mentality. Hundreds, thousands of people work this corporation. We're not going to jail. And if we are, it ain't going to be me. <laughs> so if I was the judge, I'd say, okay, we'll have a contempt hearing. Um, I'm going to dismiss the charges. We're going to hold a contempt hearing. And I want you to designate somebody to represent the company to come in and sit in that chair. Because at the end of the hearing, if I find you in contempt and deem jail time a necessity, that person who walked in the back door is going to go out the other door, the side door. That's how it is. Someone's going to jail if I find the contempt was committed. Watch what happens. So that's what should happen. But again, I'm not a judge and I don't want to be a judge. But Tech Dirt ran the story. Tim Cushing wrote it. And it was sent to me and I apologize. I couldn't find the email. Someone sent this to me via email and I apologize. I thank you, but I apologize. Shotspotter asks court to hold it in contempt rather than turn over information to defense lawyer. TechDirt.com published it and Tim Cushing wrote it. Great article. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. There's a great power in words. If you don't hitch too many of them together, 